Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Greetings, everyone. In the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, uh, our Dubai Church is celebrating its first anniversary. Let's just give the Lord a... God has been so good. And uh, so as we released Pastor John and Pastor Hannah, they're doing a great work of God there. So thank you, church, also for partnering in this bigger vision of God. Okay. Praise God. And uh, they send their greetings. And uh, it's so exciting so to see that what God is doing in the, in the midst, in that land. And I believe that it's just they're going to go to greater levels. And God is going to release them into other places. So thank you all for cooperating because we release them. That's why the work is possible. Yeah. So today I'm going to be sharing on how to respond to God's call. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice, Ariel. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's so important. And so let's just start with a word of prayer. Hallelujah, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for everyone here. And I know that you've called each one of us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will talk to everyone. Something, there'll be something that you want to speak to each one here. And even on those online. And I pray that they will not go back without hearing your voice. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you know that God has called you? Yes. Louder. Yes. Yes. God has called each one of you. John chapter 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So who chose you? God chose you. Clear about that? Everyone? If there's anyone who has a doubt, the word says that he chose us. We didn't choose him. And that word choose is to select out of by a highly deliberate choice. Okay? It's beautiful, no? So as a a young girl, uh, I used to play with my cousins. Uh, so me and my sister were the only girls uh, in my, for my, on my dad's side, around that age. So they're all boys, and they wanted to play cricket. And uh, so whenever we, we go out to play, they'll say there'll be two leaders, and they'll start choosing people on their team. And we would think, oh, they're not going to choose us, because we were the poorest players of cricket in the, in the family. So but then finally you'll think, oh, who's going to choose me? Will they choose me? And that was not a great experience. Even recently, in one of our office uh, programs, we had a game, and they chose in the same way. And suddenly I remembered, oh, as a child, that experience wasn't so great. And it just brought those memories. I'm thinking, oh, I really remember that. So that's, but the thing is, God doesn't choose like that. It's not just based on your gifts or anything. He just, he's decided he wants you. Yeah? And uh, I just, today, I just want you to know that he has called each one of you, and it's not a mistake. When did he choose you? Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet 
to the nations. What a call. Yeah? So when did he call you all? Yeah, when you were in your mother's womb. Are you sure about that? The call is very clear. It was when you were in your mother's womb. So there was a season in my life where I was not sure about my call. And I was praying about it. But I went to some place and then uh, to visit someone. And at that place, there was a lady who came. And she said, okay, can I pray for you? And she started praying for me. And suddenly, she, the Lord kind of gave her that word about my call. She started speaking about my call. And at that time, she said, I, the Lord, have seen you wearing a uniform. I see you as a young girl wearing a uniform. And she told me uh, the exact uniform that I wore as a schoolgirl. The name of the school. It looks like this school. And she never knew. Then I realized, my God, even when I was a schoolgirl, when I didn't know you, you had chosen me. You had plans. So don't think the Lord didn't see you. Even when you were away from him, the Lord had that plan about you. Yeah? So that, that really impacted me. I said, God, that time I never knew what you had in store for me. But that, that those days itself, you had marked me. So he chose you even in your mother's womb. And what was Jeremiah's response? In uh, first chapter, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, it says, Then it said, I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So just imagine, he just thinks he's a young, he's a youth. He cannot talk. But the Lord says, I am with you. So even in your call, even if you feel it's too big, the Lord is saying, I am with you. I will empower you. Yeah? And then the Lord touches his mouth and he puts words. He says, he puts word in Jeremiah's mouth. And, the, and Jeremiah fulfills those prophecies. We see how in Jeremiah's story, how he is the prophet during the time of a number of kings. There's Josiah, there's uh, Jehoiakim, and there's Zedekiah. Josiah was a good king, so it must have been an easy time. Because of a lot of reforms, he was for the Lord. It was easy. But after that, when, um, when Jehoiakim came, it was Je- uh, Jeremiah's duty to tell him, listen, you better surrender to the Babylonians. Otherwise, they will come and attack us and take us over. But no one listened to him. In fact, there were other prophets who were falsely prophesying and saying, that's not going to happen. And Jeremiah went through so many difficulties because of the call on his life. In fact, he was, uh, he was put in prison. He was put in a cistern for days. Just imagine. But in the midst of that, he never lost hope. Because even in those times, he was able to prophesy. The famous prophecy that we know, Jeremiah 29, 11. For the plans I have for you are plans for good. Even in those, he was able to prophesy that. And say that God will punish you in this season, but he will restore you. He was telling them. And we see how uh, Babylon is taken over during the time of... uh, I mean, Babylon takes over Jerusalem during the time of Zedekiah. And the whole city is burned down. The walls are broken down. Just imagine the plight. And in that time, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, tells his captain, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, go and tell Jeremiah and say, ask him, 
where do you want to stay do you want to come to babylon or do you want to stay in jerusalem give him the choice so just imagine even in the midst of those difficulties god knows how to guard his people to fulfill the call and we know that jeremiah was faithful till the end he was faithful till the end so whether your call is difficult he's called the weeping prophet i wouldn't like to be him but whatever your call is like know that the lord is with you and for you and he will be he will be on your side till the end yeah okay and first corinthians so what type of people does god call first corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 to 29 says for you see your calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but god has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and god has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised god has chosen and the things which are not why to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence so if you think you're weak you're called if you think you're not able you're called i remember there were times when i didn't think i would amount to much but the lord said no that's what i want because i want you to glorify me through your weakness so if any of you here especially you you young people if you feel that you've just messed it up the lord is saying you are called get on board get on board i have much business with you you're weak you qualify so just imagine the disciples why would god call fishermen as if there wasn't anyone educated in Jeru- in uh, israel but the lord chose them that they would change the whole world and they did they were faithful and the lord was able he gave them wisdom when you see the letters that peter writes how could he write such an incredible letter that is god with god we can achieve anything yeah so he calls the weak people now all of you have a general call and a specific call yeah so the general call is that the lord has called you as his child you when you accept him as your savior he's called you he's called you to be a disciple and he's called you to make disciples okay are you guys you agree with me are you doing anything about that general call yeah it yeah? is confident yeah i hope each one of you are confident about that yeah uh, each of you just say that yes i'm going to be a, your disciple lord and i'm going to make disciples that is a call that all of us has but then you also have a specific call yeah because we know that god is actually building a house jesus is the foundation and he's putting us as bricks we are the living stones yeah each of you are the living stones and only when you take your position in your call can the lord put you there just imagine a house with gaps in it some stones are missing it wouldn't be strong and that's why it's so important that we each one of us rises up to that specific call so that house will be strong and it will it will stand in the time of storms that is our part so we all have a specific call the word calling in greek is klesē and you know ecclesia is ecclesē which means what is ecclesia it's a gathering of the called ones yeah 
So just imagine this ecclesia is a gathering of the called ones. And if just I rise up to the call, it's not going to be a great house. But if each one of us stands together and rises up to the call, then truly this will be a year of the ecclesia rising. This year our theme is ecclesia rising. And if we want to see that, each one of us has to rise up to the call. Yeah? So you need to respond to the, that specific call. Now, what, are the t- what type of call is this? First of all, it's a holy calling that sets you apart for a specific work. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So God has called us with his purpose and by his grace. It is a holy calling, a set-apart calling. Paul then goes on to say that he has been called as a preacher, a teacher, and apostle. So he knew very clearly what his call was. So I, I just pray that each one of you, the Lord will slowly tell you what that call is over your life. It is not only a heaven, a holy calling, it is a heavenly calling. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Paul knew that his calling was holy and heavenly. If you look at the call of Paul, it was really dramatic. Paul was persecuting the Christians. And in fact, he, went, he was going to Damascus to, to uh, persecute the Christians and take them back to Jerusalem. And on that road to Damascus, he sees a bright light. And then he hears the voice of Jesus. And that voice says, why are you persecuting me? And he asks, who is this? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And then Jesus tells him the call. That call was so dramatic that whenever Paul came before others, Paul would say, this is my calling, and remind them. So in, fr- in front of King Agrippa, in Acts chapter 26, he says, Acts chapter 26, verse 16, Jesus is telling him, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. You may not know everything now, but the Lord will reveal it as time goes by for that call. And then he says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So his call is very clearly to the, to the Jews and to the Gentiles. This was a holy calling. And in verse 19, goes on to say, Therefore, King Agrippa, I am not disobedient to the heavenly vision, the heavenly call, but declared first to those in Damascus. So he, he, his first act, he's been called at Damascus, and there he starts his work. He, says, he responds to that call in Damascus, and in Jerusalem. So the Lord takes him to Jerusalem later. And then all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles. Then he goes on to the on his missionary journeys to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, 
the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Your call has a cost. Here, Paul knew that he would be killed for his call. Your call has a cost. But it's worth the cost. So, the call comes wholly from God. That is heavenly. And claims us wholly for God. That means we're set apart for it. I'll say that once again. The call comes wholly from God. And claims us wholly for God. Now, how do you walk in the call? You may be asking. Yeah, we know about Paul. It was easy. He had such a passion. But how do, you, how do we walk in that call? First of all, you need to seek the Lord diligently. As, and as we seek him, we will understand what our call is. So it should a daily walk with him, going into his presence, seeking the Lord. In Acts chapter 13, it says how the leaders of the church, they rose up together and they prayed and fasted. And as they prayed and fasted, the Lord spoke to them and said, set apart Paul and Barnabas for a missionary journey. And they decided to respond to that. So they, as a group, they prayed and and fasted together and the Lord spoke. So I'm asking, I'm telling you, if you desire to know the call and you set time apart to fast and pray, God will speak. God will tell you what to do. So first of all, we need to you know, ask him, seek him diligently. I remember the days, uh, you know, when I was, before coming to this church, there were times I would sit and think, Lord, let me do something for you. Let me do anything for you. And I would be so frustrated. I'm not doing anything for the Lord. But little did I know that as I had that desire, the Lord was so faithful and just to take me out of that and teach me step by step and bring me here. Yeah, that was his plan. He saw me then. But he said, you need to have that desire. We need to have that desire for that call. So first, you need to seek him. Second, you need to abide in him and his word. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without him, it's just in vain that we do anything. So we need to abide in him to know what the call that he desires for us is. So we need to abide in him, be in him, rooted in him, in his word. And as we read his word, step by step, we'll know how to live. So important to be in the word. Not just to receive a prophecy or a word and just go by it, but to be rooted in his word and to learn every day. For he will speak each day. So second thing is to abide in him. Thirdly, you need to understand your specific call. You may know, God may not reveal the whole thing, but he will reveal little by little. David was anointed to be king at the age of 13 or 14. But when did he become king? Any idea? 30. So so many years, you know, he, he had to wait for that to be fulfilled. But in all those times, he was faithful. In whatever he could do, he served the Lord. Yeah? So we need to understand that it is a journey. And we need to discipline ourselves, you know, till as God slowly reveals things to us. As you follow the general call, the Lord will give you a passion. So we know the story of Nehemiah, how Nehemiah was a cupbearer in a foreign country. And at that time, his brother comes and Nehemiah asks him, 
how is the state of Jerusalem? And then and the Hananiah says, oh, the walls are broken down. Things are very bad. And suddenly that burden comes on Nehemiah. And over the next days, he's praying about this burden. And the Lord gives him that burden so that he'll fulfill it later on. And within 52 days, he builds, he along with his team, builds the wall. So the Lord may give you a burden. As I was praying uh, as a young believer, asking the Lord, what is my call? What do you want of me? One night I had a dream. And in that dream, I saw a well. It is a small well. And there were young girls in that well. And they couldn't get out. And I was just standing outside. And I was thinking, how do I help them? And only when I could pull them out, they couldn't get out by themselves. So I just stood there and I took them out. And I was the next morning I was thinking, it was so clear that dream. I said, Lord, what are you telling me? Who do I help? How do I do this? And within a week or two, in our neighborhood, uh, two girls came. And uh, they came to stay with their grandmother. And uh, their parents were going through a difficult time. So they had to come and study with, and stay with their grandmother. And so when I heard that, I said, Lord, this is it. This must be it. But what can I do? And I asked the Lord, what can I do? And the, I sensed the Lord saying, teach them the word. And so I called them. I called my children. And so, and uh, Dr. Suja's children. And the six of them, I taught every week. I just read the word uh, learned some courses, taught them. And I remember Dr. Suja's daughter, was younger daughter was so small, she'll come very promptly, listen to the song, and sleep off when I share the word. And I, but uh, I think, oh Lord, even sleeping, let her receive something in the midst of that. Because the other kids were much bigger. Uh, but for three years, I taught them. And after that, those girls had to go on uh, back to their mother. But I was thinking that season was so beautiful. I did what I could with what I had. And you may think that is small. It's not small. Whatever you do for the Lord is big. And so after that, when we came to WACC, it was a small church at that time. So I was asking Pastor John that, oh, there's no junior church. And my kids were in 7th and 8th standard. So he knew I had been teaching the kids. So immediately he said, why don't you join with Pastor Hannah and start the junior church? I was equipped. The Lord knew those three years were needed for me to study the word for the next season. So even if you're not seeing anything right now, if you just discipline yourself in the thing that you know, you're passionate about, but especially the word of God, it will not be in vain. God will use it later. So that's how we, you walk into that call. So I had that passion for teaching. And that started there. And the Lord slowly took me from one level to another. So whatever you're doing today is a building block for your future. Whatever, anyone here, anything that you're good at, you like, start doing it for the Lord. And you'll be able to do it in a greater way in the coming days. So understand your specific call. And you need to understand one thing. More than you desire, God wants you to understand the call. So as you ask him, he will tell you. And he will equip you. Next, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In Paul's second missionary journey, Paul called Silas, and then he picked up Timothy, and then they went on their journey. Okay, so Paul's intention was to visit the places that he visited from after his first journey. Naturally, go and speak to all the churches I've already, you know, established. And that was the intention, and also to 
to go into Asia Minor. But on the way, he's told, he senses that it's not what the Holy Spirit wants. So let's read in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 onwards. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. That's Asia Minor. So they were forbidden. So they were, they were this team was always desiring, Lord, even though they've taken that step, they're asking, Lord, what do you want of us? Should we go to Bithynia? Should we go to that place? And the Holy Spirit probably told each one of them in their spirit, don't go there. And so they sensed, uh, they were just, just, they just waited, they paused. And then Paul gets a vision. In the next verse we read, read, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas and a vision. So once they reached Troas, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel there. So I'm, I love this Macedonian call. I think, how did he know it's a man from Macedonia? Would have been dressed in a particular way? Would have been speaking Greek or something? Or in some accent that he knew that it was a Macedonian, I mean, a person from Macedonia? And you know, interestingly, it is at this time, till then, they're talking about, uh, you know, someone who the author is Luke. He's talking about them. And it seems Luke joins them there. And from there, Luke is with them. And I'm thinking this is a God moment where Luke also joins them and they go together into Europe. That is Macedonia. That's the present-day Greece. So the first place they go is Philippi. And Philippi was a wealthy city at that time in Macedonia. And there they go and preach on a Sabbath in, uh, uh, next to the river. And there was a woman called Lydia. We know about her. And Lydia opened her heart to the good news. And as she opened the, her, her heart, she said, why don't you come into my home? And that started the church of Philippi. Just imagine, if he was not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, things would not have worked. And not only the church in Philippi, in that journey they went to Thessalonica, established a church there, and from there to Corinth. So all these letters that we get are because they went there. My, so important to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah? So we need, and the problem is, there's another extreme where people say, unless God speaks, we're not going to budge. That's not what God wants. God says, you know what to do, take a step and I'll guide you. Don't wait until God just speaks from heaven and says very loudly, go there. Take that step as as you pray. And only when you take that step will God reveal the next thing. So don't sit not doing anything. Do something in this season for the Lord. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the call is progressive. It may not be the same for every season. So I know, I told you, I was teaching in the junior church for the first few years. Everything I thought about is junior church, junior church, all my mind. But then when I came into ministry, the Lord, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord specifically said, lead the prayer. Oh, so that changed. The season changed. And I had to focus on the prayer. And then also, after some time, focus on the youth also. So that focus kept on changing. You know, so don't just hold on to something. So I was thinking, if I held on to junior church, I would not have been able to focus on the prayer. So you need to let go of some things and just continue in that call. Don't sit in your comfort zone. 
go to the next thing that the Lord wants you to do. Yeah? So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Next, push aside distractions. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we have to push these things aside. What, what did he say? Two things. The weight, yeah, and the sin that ensnares. How many of you think it's easy to run with a weight? Not at all. No, no one would agree to that. We would rather just run free, wear your lightest clothes and good shoes and run. Isn't it? You can't run with a weight. I remember my husband and I, we went to a, on a trip uh, to uh, Annapurna, a trekking trip. And uh, so we did some practicing earlier, but we didn't practice with any weight or anything. So we, for a few days, we were walking around, walking up slopes and all that. And so when we went there, we had to uh, had, uh, have uh, overhand bags and uh, shoulder bags, which had about five to six kilos, because we needed the water, the, all the you know emergency things. And I couldn't climb with that. After the first day, I just went flat and I said, Lord, why did I get into this? This is too much for me. But then the next day, the guide had sympathy on me and said, Madam, I'll hold your back. And I was just thinking, that's how the Lord is. The Lord says, don't hold that weight. Give it to me. I will. You just run freely. I will hold the weight. So whenever that weight is there, just give it to him. And then you can run and fulfill the call. So first thing is, don't carry that weight. Secondly is, and so don't be ensnared. The sin that ensnares you, push it aside. And that word ensnare, it's a serious hindrance that encircles someone who desperately needs to advance. So just imagine that sin is such an obstruction that you can't run forward. So you need, we need to deal with sin. Some of us think, okay, those, are, those sins are not major issues. A little bit of gossip, a little bit of envy, it's okay. But no, we need to deal with the sin there, then and there. Because it's that sin that increases in intensity and that can pull you down from your call. It's pride. No one's going to know if I'm proud. You wouldn't know. I can hide it. I can pretend to be humble. But the Lord will, you know, it's gonna, it can pull me down. So you need to deal with every sin that prevents you from running this call. So push aside those distractions. And next, build up your character for the call. We know Joseph's dream. He dreamt that his family is going to bow down before him. And he was so excited. But little did he know what was ahead for him. It took the next 13 years or so of being a slave in a house, being sold by his brothers, being in a prison, so much before he was raised as second ruler. That was a journey. And if Joseph knew that journey, he would have said, Lord, choose my brothers. No? Many times, the, law, the prophecy is so exciting. But there is a journey. And that journey is for our character. Yeah? So let's read Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 11. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. 
who has to have that diligence is it god or is it us us i want all of you to be diligent to add to that faith that god has given you god has given us a measure of faith and to that faith we need to add virtue what is virtue character god will not take you up till you settle you know are straight with your character because it will harm us so the second thing is character and then is this with my character knowledge knowledge is the understanding of god and to knowledge add self control oh that's a test god will bring people into your life who test your patience okay so someone was talking to me about the difficulties in working and i said dear sister if you not this god will give you another test might as well pass this test i said i know because there is a journey you know if not this this person is going to drive you up the wall it's someone else so when you pass the test then you go to the next level so self control is something that is going to give you then what's the next perseverance to fulfill the call if you look at the lives of the missionaries i was reading some stories i think they gave everything to translate the bible for us they gave up their children their wives died of malaria for us for that call for the greater call yeah to persevere god has called us to perseverance then what is it to perseverance add godliness godliness is devotion to god without that devotion we cannot fulfill that call yeah devotion to god and then brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love so i check myself in between do i still have love after being in ministry for so long if not lord give me a lesson teach me to love i just keep on checking because the lord is can get anyone to do the work i do but he wants me to do it with love so build your character because and then he says for he who lacks these things is short sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins therefore brethren be even more diligent to make your call and election sure so make not only call but the fact that you are responding to that call your election sure for if you do these things you will never stumble for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ you will so he's saying that if you fulfill all this nothing will make you stumble and you will enter the kingdom like how a roman king after victory enters the kingdom so just imagining the scene if i run well with this with this character changes and i go there there will be so many people waiting there hey kavitha's come she did it well her character was good come into the broad way and there'll be so many rewards there will be the, with those prizes that is the way he wants us to go not you know somehow manage to get in and not have much rewards but to go in enter into that broad way okay so build up your character for the call next thing is and ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 says i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace tell your neighbor i'm going to bear with you in love tell your neighbor i'm going to bear with you in love 
Tell your spouse, I'm going to bear with you in love. Yeah? Why is that? For the unity of the, of the saints in the end. Only if we bear with each other in love can we fulfill this call together. Next, you need to stay focused on the call. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, it was one of his last letters. Uh, he was in prison and he writes to them. Uh, in chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, he says, Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know that word, lay hold, is a Greek word, katalambono, which means to seize aggressively and pull down. Like when you're playing a match, you just grab it and pull it down. You're, you just want to do something like that. It's an aggressive move. So Paul is saying, Jesus held on to me like that. Just think of yourself. Jesus has held on. Hold on to your friend, the next person. Just hold on. Jesus has held on to you like that. Yeah? And he's held on to you not just to sit like this. Huh? But to you, for you to go on and hold on to what he's called you for. Imagine that. So Jesus has held on to you. He's not going to let you go so that you can hold on to what you are called to. Okay? Yeah. And so that's what Paul says. And then he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He's almost to the end of his life. And he's still saying, I don't think I've done everything well. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let that be our desire. To take up, you know, to guide, to put our hands up and say, Lord, we are looking, we're not looking back. We're looking forward and we're going to fulfill this call. So stay focused on the call. And the eighth thing is, remember, the call is for the benefit of others. See, if we had come to the Lord and our job is over, he would have taken us. Pastor John says this very often, but we have a call. And that call is for others. We spend so much time thinking about ourselves, our family, and everything. 80% is that and very less is for God's call. But I want, I challenge you today. Can you change? Can you start thinking of that call so that it will bless others? Yeah? So we need to remember that this call is for others. And one thing, mark me, if we don't respond to this call, God is going to choose someone else. It's sad news, but it's the truth. Because God has to get this building done. Yeah? He's thinking about the others. So, but the Lord would give you as the first choice. You're the first choice for this call. But then if you don't comply, he'll have to call someone else too who has another call and alongside he will, that person will do this call also. So be ready. Be, you know, focused and understand that we're doing it for others. The ninth thing is this call demands surrender. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So God is saying that you need to be a living sacrifice. But a living sacrifice sometimes, sometimes gets up. No? Gets off the altar and does what it wants. But the Lord says, I want you to be a surrendered sacrifice every day. You should be telling me, Lord, what, is your, what, what, do I, what do I have to do for you? It's not my agenda. If you don't surrender, it, it ends up being our agenda. 
but if you as you surrender it will be aligned with his desire so we need to be surrendered for this call and finally there are rewards for fulfilling this call first corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 to 15 says now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold silver precious stones wood hay straw each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is if anyone's work which he has built on it endures he will receive a reward if anyone's work is burnt he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved thank god yet so as through fire no god is merciful no but the thing is the work is going to be tested are you building with gold and silver or are you building with hay you know building with gold is expensive it's co- going to cost you a lot but building in, in hay with hay is cheap but we know the end result so gold building with gold will take more time will take more focus will take more commitment but it will stand the test of time recently i went to a jeweler shop i wanted to buy a ring a gold ring so i ordered the ring and then i thought i'll exchange some gold for it and i had a small bracelet okay and i said okay this bracelet i give in exchange for that so they took it after some time when the lady came and said we have to check its purity and i said okay so when we check it there's no turning back because it's no it will no longer longer be in this form it will become a ball so that means you know you you're giving it up so it okay i've decided to give this so you take it then she said go and see how it's done because they want to show that they're not cheating us so i went to that room and i saw the goldsmith he took that bracelet it's a pretty a small bracelet and uh, there was a he had a, a a kind of welding fire he just put it like this within seconds that beautiful bracelet turned into a ball in front of my eyes and i was thinking oh someone would have spent so much time making that bracelet and within seconds it's just become a lump of gold so i was thinking about this when we are tested it just takes minutes seconds for our lives works to be tested and then they took it and put it in a machine and they found that it had only 89% pu- uh, you know uh, purity so it didn't really pass the test i thought it would probably have some 94% but it had only 89% and it got me thinking this is what our life is like we build so much we build it we think it's so beautiful outside but there is a test in the end where we'll all have to go through that and know what our works were like whether we built with gold or whether we built with hay it's a food for thought I just thought i'd share that so there are rewards truly we see that god has called each one of us isn't it all of you are sure of that you have a general call you have a specific call it is a holy and heavenly call we need to seek the lord diligently to find out our call it's a journey that god is taking us and he's going to deal with our character as we fulfill the call and he's telling us be focused on the call don't be distracted push aside those weights and that sin and follow me because in the end you will run into heaven and i will welcome you and say well done my faithful servant and i will reward you 
In Rome, in Revelation, we see there's a war in the heavenlies where the beast and its parties tries to war against the Lamb of God. Revelation chapter 17 verse 14 says, These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. The Lord has called all of you, but you have to make sure that you are chosen, that is you are responding to that call. And you have to make sure that you are faithful, that till the end you run with that call. And if you do that, you will be in this battle with the Lord and there is victory in that battle. So today I call on to each one of you, all of you here and those in your homes, that you will respond to the call of God, that you will be faithful to the end. Because I want to celebrate with you in heaven and say that, oh, I knew them and we work together. And this year, let the Ecclesia truly arise when each of you responds to that call. Let's pray. Abba Father, Lord, I just know that everyone who is sitting here is here because you brought them here. They have been called in their mother's womb. And the call is very clear. And that you will be with them to fulfill their call. And I know that those in ADS have come and you probably heard this message. But the Lord is saying, I want to establish you in that call. And I'm going to be with you. Your call may be difficult, but you're not alone. Just focus on me. Take, push aside every weight and every sin. And I pray for such grace on everyone here that they will stand strong for you, Lord. And I pray, Father Lord, no one will think they're not good enough for the call because that is not the case. Everyone is called. And the rewards are, calling, are according to that call, not to anyone else's call. You have to fulfill your call and you will get 100 on 100 for that. You're not called to fulfill my call or anyone else's call. So focus on your call. Run your race and do and make the master pleased. And I thank you, Lord, for this precious time. And I speak over everyone that you will give us that grace to fulfill your plans, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for calling us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.